Welcome to Confessions of a Fitness Manager. This podcast is meant for group fitness managers, fitness supervisors, fitness directors, coordinators, and everything in between. Basically, if you oversee a team of fitness professionals, this podcast is for you. It's part venting, part storytelling, and part practical tactical tips and useful information by two women who have a history overseeing large fitness teams and know how much it means to not feel alone. Fresh episodes will be released anywhere you can access podcasts on the last Friday of every month or before you slam the laptop until Monday or on Saturday on Saturdays when your yoga instructor calls in sick. We'll be talking about secrets, strategies, and struggles to hiring and leading fitness teams. Pour yourself a tasty beverage and come with us on this adventure. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Fitness Manager. My name is Stacy. I'm here with... Hi, everyone. My name is Jessica. Thanks for joining us today. We are so excited to be talking about team communication. So in our last episode, we actually addressed some of the things that I think you're going to hear in today's episode, but it was all about time management. So if you missed that one, definitely check it out. And because if you don't communicate well and you aren't articulating what needs to get done with your team, it's going to take up a lot more of your time and energy. So definitely check out that episode and then bring yourself back to team communication today. Um, Before we get started, though, we always like to share what we are consuming as far as a beverage goes. I have elevated my water uh to lemon water now i have i have lemon water that i am drinking what are you having miss jessica it's way more fun than me oh stacy yeah you 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 set the bar pretty high i am enjoying a nice glass of rosé yummy delicious and i just realized it matches my shirt so that's an extra bonus i didn't plan that anyone who's listening to this she's wearing this lovely pink shirt i just have a pink rosé and it's just lovely so lovely So team communication, when I think we addressed in time management that really being a fitness manager can be so overwhelming. We have, most of us have big teams. And even if you have a smaller team, communicating with that team can be really challenging and time consuming because we aren't necessarily in front of them all the time. It's not like we're in an office, in a cubicle. It's not like the office, right? They, They sit in a room together and they can talk to each other whenever the heck they want to. We are like ships in a night where there are people who are opening up the facility that are teaching classes early in the morning. And then there's people who are closing down the facility late in the evening. They're, sh- they're passing each other. They rarely get to know each other. They rarely get to know you. But it's really important that they do get to know us and that we are visible as fitness managers. So we're going to talk today about how to make sure that that's happening, both in person, both online, both um, you know in real time, or maybe it's not real time it's kind of on their own but communicating with your team so that they're understanding what's going on and what those expectations are of them and what's new jessica if you could start with what are what's maybe like a lesson you've learned we're going to start with first the how like how do you address communication um i guess emotionally and like um how how is the message received by your team what are some lessons that you've had when it comes to sharing information And then we'll dive into more of the strategies around communication with your team. So what are some of the lessons you've learned in how you address communication with your team? So communication is a tricky thing because I feel like, especially in this day and age, 
we can get so caught up behind like like hiding behind our keyboard and not addressing things face to face or if you work virtually addressing things through a zoom or a teams meeting so i really like to try to check in with my team members like my immediate team members my trainers who i work with it doesn't i mean at least once a week at the very at the bare minimum some of them i see every day just because our schedules align a little bit better but i at least like to connect with them in person and when I see them in person, that's where I like to address any important topic. I try not to address the important topics over email or over text. Or if I don't see them and there's something that needs to be addressed, I'll send them an email and ask to schedule a meeting so I at least have the time to see them face to face. Because we know that sometimes if we try to address an important topic over email, it can come across as very abrasive or there can be a huge miscommunication. So having the ability to actually have a sit down and a conversation that goes back and forth can be way more productive. So I really try to see and communicate with my team in person as often as I can. And that doesn't always happen. And there are times where it's more appropriate to talk to them and communicate things over email, like maybe it's a policy change and something that might be a little bit more administrative or something that isn't an emergency. I might send an email to the whole team and communicate that way. And if I'm sending an email to the team, or even if I'm sending an email as a one-on-one, a one -on -one, I really want to be clear on what the expectation is. And I want to be clear to all team members. So if there is a policy change, for example, and I'm sending out a group email, I want to be very clear that the expectation is set for every single person on that team. If I have a new team member joining who may not have been on that original email thread, I still want to communicate with them either in person or by forwarding them that email so that they are on the same page as everyone else. So I think setting the expectation is super important when it comes to communication. Yeah, and I think it's something that we've had to learn over time. Like if we were to look back at our mistakes, <laughs> that's whenever something like the ball's been dropped, something's been missed it's almost always been that that expectation wasn't clarified or set. Um, and we've done some complicated things together that we've accomplished together. Like we, I think the most intense communication form or form of communication is policy changes. That's, that's huge. And I think a lot of us learned how to communicate that with our team during the pandemic when we wore masks, then we didn't wear masks, then we could, you know, be six feet apart and then we needed to be, together and so it was like all of those changes needed to be shared with your team but they're they all the expectation also needed to be set and we had to learn how to like write scripts for our team to help support them Absolutely. through that change and then um you know one of the other things that's really hard um when it comes to communication is when you need someone to accomplish something or change something or do something um something that i've learned from one of Brene brown's books is the term share making sure you share what done looks like mm -hmm. um and articulating That's that so really important. well and when we have overseen the showcases we've overseen so we do like we something something we've talked about i think in previous episodes is the studio showcase we would run where people are moving from studio to studio so we had to figure out how to communicate with the team what each one of their responsibilities was whether they were teaching class or they were supporting we had to communicate in real time during that experience over a radio, which was actually really yep. fun. <laughs> and then we also 
had to figure out how to get members what to expect, like how to how do you communicate to them? So there's so many layers of communication. Even I'm realizing we're trying to focus on team communication, but maybe in future episodes we'll talk about communication with members, communication with upper management. There's so much that we are asked to do mm-hmm. as fitness managers. Um, so on that note, actually, Jessica touched on a couple of my thoughts when it comes to the how you communicate as a manager, but um, she addressed, you know, seeing them in person and just how valuable that can be because it not only gives you a chance to talk about important things, but also just personal things like how's your day going and, you know, love your shirt <laughs> or something, you know, like, I don't know, something like, did you get a haircut? Like, yeah. just how's your children? Like, as something that's less about work and more about them. Um, and that's synchronous. So that's, that's a in-person real interaction that you're having with your team. You're, you're visible as a, as a manager. And the fact that you set goals on how often you want to meet with them or see them in person is so valuable. I think that one time per week is awesome. And then if you have a larger team, maybe it's one time per month. Like you want to make it a point to see everyone once a month. And then there's the asynchronous, which is emailed or dashboards or um you know recorded information that you're trying to share with your team and an asynchronous uh tool that i have not used or hadn't used as much in the past but now i use all the time is when those policy policy change changes happen and you actually addressed this earlier when you said and then a new person comes onto your team how do they know like the information and the expectation So that's where a dashboard can be really helpful, where you're not only allowing a a place for your team to have a reference for policies, expectations, you know, um, procedures, and the new instructors can have that as a resource too. And you don't have to do anything. You just have to update it and then they go look themselves. It's not something you have to do all the time. Um, And so, yeah, I hope all of those kind of examples are helpful for you. A dashboard can be built on software or it can be something that you create maybe in even like a google folder or a a dropbox folder that just has here's all the things you guys need to reference in order to to help you understand what the expectation is Um, Mm -hmm. and so and then it can also be as big as like designing and creating something that's bigger and nicer and prettier (laughs) but it doesn't have to always be that way Um, Jessica, what are some ways that you um, have created, basically used tools or created templates or ways to communicate with your team to make it easier for you? So I've, uh, you touched on making scripts for your team earlier. And that's one thing that I've been doing a lot with my team members, especially when it comes to like inviting them to take a class or you just did your consultation. Let's get you back for a complimentary session or whatever it is. Um, I, I feel like I have a whole laundry list of different templates now and I save all of the different scripts and just send it out to my team. And then along with that, to set an expectation for them, I'll let them know. I'll also run a report and give them a list of who I want them to reach out to. Here are all of the new members who have joined the club in the past week. I want you to reach out to them and invite them to do a consultation with you. Or here are all of the members who have taken your class over the past six months. Reach back out to them and invite them back into class. So that way they know what I want them to say and why I want them to say it. And then I also give them a deadline. So that way it's not open-ended. I want I want you to send all of these emails, 
by end of day on Friday. So that way, if it's two weeks from now, and I'm like, hey, did you ever invite Sally to your class? I saw her walking around the club today. Oh, no, I never got around to it, but it's on my to-do list. So that way, it also gives them an end date. So it's a little bit, it gives them a sense of urgency. So I always keep some templates over what I want them to say for various situations. I love it. That is so good. And then something you mentioned even in there was the fact that you also follow up, like you send them these instructions and then you follow up with the, did you, you know, did you do this? Did you accomplish this? Um, because that's something I know I've missed before is I, you know, blast out this communication and then I don't actually one find, figure out if it actually worked and two did, did actually happen. (laughs) Did what I asked them to do happen and scripts are so helpful. Your team will yeah. be so grateful when they have a script to lean on. Yeah. They're not going to read it, but they're going to, like, they're not, they don't have to read it verbatim, but they'll have, like, an it, outline of what to say. It kind of dummy proofs it a little bit because we know trainer jobs are already, it's already hard. So this yeah. really takes a lot of the guesswork out and it really makes it very consistent. So that way, if they come and, or they get an email from trainer A, but then they walk into the club and interact with trainer B, then there'll still be a little bit of, connection there. So I, I I let them know that if they want to tailor the scripts more to their liking, that's fine as long as they get the key points. Like if they have a certain verbiage, verbiage that they would rather use, as long as it's clear and concise and professional, they don't have to use word for word what I say, but they have that option. And I think the majority of them do. And this is actually a situation I ran into this week. I had given a couple of my trainers who I knew uh, could use a, a few more hours this week who were a little bit lighter with their with their clients. I sent them a template that I wanted them to send out, send out. I sent them the list. I even like send them, I even like block off the list. Like here's who trainer A is going to, is going to email. Here's who trainer B is going to email. So there's no overlap. And I didn't hear back from any of them. And one of the trainers, their schedule is a little bit goofy. So I don't see them as much as I do a couple of the other trainers. So I didn't really get to touch base to be like, Hey, has anyone responded to you? Are we going to get more people in classes? But I sent them a follow-up email Friday morning because I had asked for them to respond to me and let me know who, who they've connected with by Friday night. One of the, so Friday I sent a follow-up email like, hey, just want to check in. Like, remember, this is like, I, I want this back by end of day today. And one of them responded and all they said was confirming that everyone has been reached out to. And then I'm like, okay, great. Like, have you gotten any responses? Crickets. And then I have my other trainer. Yes. And then my other trainer said, here's the list of everyone that I've reached out to. And the highlighted ones are the ones that I've responded to. And the ones that are start are the ones that I've responded back to. So in a perfect world, that is what I'm looking for. Um, so that maybe falls on me to set the expectation that I don't just want a yes or a no. I want an, I want an actual list. Even if you're copy and pasting the list that I originally sent you, yeah. I want to know that those people have been spoken to or at least reached out to. So that was what happened. That's what I did this week. I love it. That's so good. And then what I love too, is that you addressed um, the the deadline, like setting that deadline and um, just learning from that communication. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't get the response I wanted from someone. And this is probably why, like I needed to articulate, yeah, you can copy and paste this, but I need to see and hear, you know, what was adjusted something or what, what was ha- what happened based on that communication 
something too that I'm realizing is we haven't talked about like expectations around communication, like how you need to explain to your team when they're first being onboarded, how many mm -hmm. times per day or per week are they checking their email? What is, because that is our primary mode of communication and it should be. So that's another thing is not only telling, setting expectations of how often you want them checking a certain communication. Maybe you, e you use email, maybe you have an app, maybe your, com your company has like Slack or a, a messaging system, but how mm -hmm. often do they need to be checking it? So setting the expectation and then also making sure that the expectation is set that where are they communicating with you when? So something we addressed in time management was making sure we're setting boundaries as managers. And something that sometimes can happen is I've gotten messages from instructors on Facebook Messenger and Instagram that are not appropriate places to be sending me messages about you know business related topics. So setting boundaries, making sure that's not happening. If you have an instructor who's communicating to you that way, when it's that's not appropriate, um, mm -hmm. so setting boundaries on how often they should be checking their email or setting those expectations and then setting boundaries on where they're communicating to you when, and we talked about how in email that's non-emergency information and then potentially text or phone call is when they, is where they should be responding or reaching out to you when it is an emergency. So that is super helpful. And actually on that note, Jessica, what are some like lessons that you've learned in communication that have helped to improve? Um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned over time is knowing when it's appropriate to email the whole team versus emailing an individual. And this has been a big one for me. And I think we've all kind of been guilty of this at some point in time over you need to communicate something with like one person, maybe one person forgot to like, turn the microphone off, or maybe one person didn't clean the studio correctly, or whatever it is, maybe you just wanted to communicate with that one person. But then you're like, the whole team could probably use a reminder. And then you email blast the whole team. And I know I've been guilty of, of doing that before. But guilty. I, yep. <laughs> guilty. I think I think if we're all being honest, we've all probably done that. Uh, but I think just really understanding these instructors, these trainers probably get so many emails a day and having to filter through all of it, having to get an email reminder where it's like, well, I don't even teach in the yoga studio. So why do I need this reminder to put the yoga blocks back? Um, that just kind of takes away the value of the email communication. So if you have something that you need to communicate just to one individual, just take the time to either shoot them an email if it's appropriate to do over email or if you happen to see them a lot, you can give them a friendly reminder in person like, hey, I noticed when you uh, left your yoga class, the yoga blocks weren't put back correctly. Just friendly reminder just to put them all back here because it will take away, um, it'll help our hospitality team out and it'll give our studio a clean look. Whatever it is, things like that don't need to be blasted to the whole team. So save the email blast for things that the whole team genuinely needs to know. That's been my biggest lesson is that the whole team does not need to know the faults of one single individual. Exactly. Because what you just described in your communication, it's you also just showed it needs to be relevant to the people you're reaching out to. So if you do need to reach out to a group of people, make sure it's relevant to that group. Don't blast it to your entire team. That is a combination of personal trainers, group fitness instructors, and Pilates teachers. 
if it's about the Cadillac in the Pilates studio. Like <laughs> only a third of those people need to know about something that's happening in that studio. So find a, finding a way to break down the groups of people that you communicate with so it's relevant to them, I think is so valuable that you said there. And then, yeah, I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I've definitely done this before because it's easy. It seems easy. You just select a distribution group, you blast it out to everyone. Yeah. But like you said, it, de it depreciates the value of the communication you're sharing and it doesn't help them understand the why, like you mm -hmm. described so well. And I just remember feeling when I've gotten communication before that was like a blanket statement to a group of people that I was a part of, but I wasn't sure if it was about me or someone else. It mm. was frustrating and it kind of made me upset because I took it to heart, the communication, but I had a feeling that it really wasn't directed toward me and I was the one being affected by it. And so I didn't enjoy that feeling of, you know, inadequacy or, you know, because we're passionate about what we do and how we do it. And if, if it wasn't meant for us, we're A, going to stop listening if we don't want to listen. And if it's feedback that would be valuable to us that was about us, then it's going to be so much more valuable if you just go to that one person and then no one else That's is going to feel like they're missing the mark when or get confused because you reached out to them when you shouldn't have. And then to even add on a little bit more to that, Stacey, it can also create even more work for you as a fitness manager, because if you send out an email to a whole team, whether it's a big team or a small team, and you really only wanted this message to go to one person, you could be then stuck fielding emails from a good portion of your team to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I thought I seen the yoga studio, or hey, was this directed to me? And then you have to go back and say, oh, no, don't worry. This wasn't about you. Then it's like, well, then why was I sent this email? Yep. So it's just not a good experience for the people on your team who don't need that form of communication. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So good. So, so good. Um, the only lesson I could think of really that was big for me, uh, well, two, I guess, was when, like, I, like we were talking about earlier, uh, policy changes. When we had to go through mm -hmm. all of that in COVID, the one thing that really helped me in getting the message across to the team was using a combination of videos, written and sound. So that's so good. Like you, like you said, kind of dummy proofing <laughs> the script can be really helpful, but the the video kind of put some personality to it. So it would just be me. I mean, we can do that anytime now. We have our phones, like so easy. We mm -hmm. just you take your phone, you film yourself for a short video. You put it in a Dropbox or a link or share it with your team directly. And then you explain to them um, what needs to be done and they can see you and hear you. And it's a more emotionally driven, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. And then with that, you're writing down also, here's the bullet points of exactly what I described in the video. If they're too lazy to watch the video, <laughs> that's fine. Or if they're more of a, they're less of a visual person and they're more of like, I like to just read and be good, be done. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is that I know I, my mistake in communication was when I would expect the front desk to know anything that was changing in the fitness department or anything mm -hmm. that was being updated or anyone new who joined our team. They don't automatically know, like you, you said it so well at the beginning, don't assume that your team knows what you want from them or that anyone mm -hmm. else understands or knows anything that you haven't actually communicated. Mm -hmm. So I've had to improve and recognize it's really important to to share with that front desk team or even your facility operations team, 
what's new, what's happening. Maybe send them a newsletter every month, but get them involved because they have great relationships with the members who you're looking to either use personal training, Pilates or, or group Mm -hmm. fitness. And they are your potential, you know, sounding board. Absolutely. I think that's great. I think it's so great to let the support team know what's going on in your department because you're exactly right. They're like the first line of defense. They're the ones who get such great relationships with these members because they see them all the time. So letting them know what's going on or at the very least, if they don't know what's going on, instead of saying, I don't know, or instead of making something up or yeah, sure, there's probably a Halloween event going on this month directing them to the correct person, whether that's you or another trainer on your team or another manager, having some kind of answer that for your support, your support team to give to these members can be really beneficial. Love it. Love it. I feel like that's all I have. Do you have anything else, Jessica, you want to talk about for team communication? No, I, I think we've hit it all, Stacey. These are some good topics. We did. We're so good. No, I just pat ourselves on the back. Those of you listening, though, you know, share your comments, like the, like and subscribe to this content wherever you might be listening or consuming and provide us feedback. You know, give us an idea of what you're looking for, um, for continued information and what are some things that really maybe resonated with you or you could share as far as lessons and team communication as a fitness manager. We always love to hear that. And the next episode you have to look forward to is actually preparing for January. So. We are in the time of recording this episode at uh, the October time. So it's kind of a good time to be thinking about that. We're going to address what are some things to do over the holiday season when things might be quieter in in the club to take advantage of that time. Um, And then to what are the things you actually need to get ready for when it comes to that January time? Not just the rush, but to feel organized. So we're really Mm -hmm. excited to dive into those topics. And so we'll see you in the next episode and we hope you tune in.